0: DealerProcessSecrets.com Yeah. Yeah boy. Motorcycle sales, car sales, the finance office. Central Desking. We're here to talk about
1: it. BDC, Central Desking University. Alright, alright, let's get into it. Hey, everybody,
0: Philip here. Welcome to Dealer Process Secrets. First thing first, ain't no nation like a donation. Hit that donate button, or you can make a donation at our webpage at dealerprocesssecrets.com. We bring this show to you for free. What else is free? Well, my book is free, plus shipping at dealershipprocesssecrets.com, and my audiobook is totally free for our listeners at philipcheatham.com. Use one or two L's and you should get there. Also, our newsletter is free at theautomotivesoftware.com. So if you want to support us, send us a donation, buy a sweatshirt. You can, of course, go pay full retail for my book or audiobook at Amazon and Audible. That supports us, too. And, of course, as always, going to centraldesking.com and starting your free trial, of The Daily Desk, which is free too, but I guarantee if you try and watch my tutorials in there, you'll become a paying customer, which supports us too. And finally, if you want to take your skills to the next level, no matter where you are, the courses I teach at Central Desking University will blow your socks off. So please support us however you can. We are here to bring you exclusive, hard-hitting, real content that will actually help you go harder and higher in your career inside this crazy business we all love so much. And the best way to support us is, of course, by letting others know about us. And you do that by sharing the links, liking us on social media, and, of course, recommending the Daily Desk and Central Desking University to your friends. So we appreciate all your support, and let's get into it.
1: Welcome to episode
0: 48 of Dealer Process Secrets. I'm your host, Philip Cheatham, and I'm here with my co-host, Sterling Brown. What's happening, man?
1: What's going on, Phil? What you want to talk about
0: today? I was thinking uh, talking about the TO.
1: TO that's more? a that's a fundamental process in a lot of dealerships, so I will not argue that.
0: Well, it's funny because you know the, the uh, I don't remember which one of it one of them it was the shift of the Carvana or whomever uh, running an ad, kind of mocking it, you know, and uh, other. I've actually heard quite a few people criticize the TO before talking about how, uh, you know, you're not letting people out of the store. And, you know, maybe back before, honestly, before I got into the business, which would have been before 2004, uh, they, you know, and I've seen some guys do it pretty rough, but I I don't even think that works. I think the customer sees right through it, but there's an argument out there that the TO is actually bad, right? Where the TO is actually, uh, you know, it's not customer friendly, uh, to send somebody else out, etc. You get where I'm going with this, and uh, where customers have a bad taste in their mouth from it, and that's the first thing I kind of want to push back on and talk about. And really, it's that's all going to go about how you actually do the to right, like who you're sending out there and the energy of that person. I think is key, and also I think your process is key because. If you are doing it the old school way, I was actually brought up in the way where it was, hey, Sterling, you know, if uh, if, uh, you know, you can't close this deal, I'm going to send Phil out and and he's going to get your whole deal. And I went through that and it was all right. It was actually I think it all it made us all a little bit stronger. Uh, And that's that was how my first dealership was ran. Uh, but there's a little bit there where you know that that negative energy can obviously get picked up by the customer. It depends how your whole sales product process is set up, et cetera. Uh, but I do want to make an argument. The first argument I want to make, and uh, I don't think it's an opinion or an argument. I just think it's absolutely correct. And the way I've always said it is, you cannot check in on your customer's experience too much. So when you think about it from that aspect, when you think about it from the five-star restaurant aspect, from the five-star hotel aspect, from, you know, sitting in the first class aspect, you can't. that's how you want to treat it. That's how you want to go about your TO. And really what you're doing is checking in on your customer's experience. It's exactly what uh, I say in, in sales meetings, which is, you know, if you let this customer go... I'm not saying to never let a customer go, but when you let a customer go, you're letting them out of the store with the same problem they came in with, right? Because they came in with a problem looking for a solution. And that's if they're not, you know, they're kicking tires 100%, but we're going to assume, you know, 95% of people don't just walk into dealerships for no reason. They walk in, they walk in with a legitimate problem. That legitimate problem is finding a new vehicle or a used vehicle, and when you let them go without that newer used vehicle, you literally let them back out with the exact same problem. I think that's one of the most key important things, especially new, sell- new sales people need to hear. So when you're handling your TO properly and you're doing a proper TO, you're doing it from the aspect of checking in on the customer's experience. If they're not buying and things aren't going right, and you guys can't reach a deal. You should always TO. I think, it, I think it and you can call it a second face if you want to, make the language a little bit more friendly. It's kind of like calling the finance manager a uh, business manager, calling the salesperson the product specialist. Uh, and the product specialist is actually a system. Talk about it in the first, uh, first half of my book, Dealership Process Secrets. But uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit better language calling it a second face. So you're just giving the customer a second face. But really what it is, is it's the exact same thing as you're sitting there in your five-star restaurant or your four-star restaurant, or your three-star restaurant, and uh, the manager comes up and asks you how, how everything is going, if your service is good, if the food is good, et cetera. That's how you want to do a proper TO or second face, whatever you want to call it. And I think coming from that angle, uh, you can't TO too many times. I mean, you could TO from that angle. You can TO once. You can TO twice. You could TO three times. And you've got it. now, you're doing that. You've got to be – conscious of what you're doing. Uh, and we've talked to uh, Tim on here before about this. And uh, his, he was working at a store where his GM did a phenomenal job uh, TOing people before they left. And I like that process a lot. If you're a GM and you like to talk to customers and you like to close deals, I think you let your sales department get one, two swings at it. And then you go and you try to do a GM TO, do a G, a GMTO, GM second phase or third phase or fourth phase. Uh, wherever that fits into your process. But uh, I dropped all that. What do you have to say about just those, uh, those first points? We'll get, get a little bit deeper into this.
1: Yeah. I Like um, everything that you said, uh, one point that I really wanted to go on a little bit more is we're all different and uh, those differences should be celebrated. Uh, the TO is a way of celebrating those differences. Uh, Phil, you're taller than me. And there are some metrics out there that suggest that taller people are More successful, more trusting, there's just some benefit to that. So if I'm having uh, a lack of success and we can get someone out there who has some metrics that support them interacting with the client, even better. Uh, The other thing is I'm black, you're white. Uh, You know, it's not a racial thing, but we all like working with people that are more similar to us. And neither one of us is female. So you don't have to
0: deny that. I'm not. Yeah. Sorry sorry to interject that I'm not. uh, I've never been against that. I know you get into talking about race and it turns into a political conversation. A lot of the time we don't have to turn it into a political conversation. uh, But it's you know, if you work out in Los Angeles, they have Korean fleet managers, they have uh, Vietnamese fleet managers in Orlando. They yeah. have, uh, you know, a lot of different places that I've been. They've got, um, you know, guys that basically work within their market, which is uh, the exact same ethnicity, whatever you want to call it, race that that person is. And I, I even think there's train, There's there's culture based training, a hundred percent. I mean, so. Anyway, (laughs) can't can't pass that. I don't think we have to apologize for that at all. Um, And I think you're you're right on the money. I mean, sometimes has that worked for you before?
1: Absolutely. Uh, We got to use the strengths that we have. Sometimes those strengths can be trained. Sometimes you're born with those things. Uh, The last thing I was going to say was that neither one of us are female. A lot of the car dealerships are predominantly male. So if you have a a female closer, finance manager, whatever position she may be, but she can talk intelligently on the vehicles, she can close some car deals for you. Um, So you you get her out there and um, maybe that's the dynamic that's missing. So use all those strengths, use all the cards in your deck uh, in your favor. So it might not be height, it might not be race, it might not be sex, but there's something that you're not connecting with your customer on. Some of the time. So if you can identify what those things are, guess what? You're going to sell more cars. You're going to sell more product, and you're going to have happier customers. And that's what it's all about.
0: And this even gets into the U-turn call. Uh, if you've read my book or you've you've been in contact uh, around me before and you've heard about the U-turn call, maybe you haven't. Uh, essentially. Your customer leaves, you wait about 15 minutes for them to get up the road, no matter what they told you, going to lunch, sleeping on it, going to other dealers, coming back tomorrow with the wife, doesn't matter. You have a third face, someone not involved in the deal, and this is not a sales call. Make a phone call to that person. Hey, Sterling, how was your experience? I see you came in our dealership today. Were you able to get in a brand new car? Shut up. And that person will tell you everything that was going on. And a lot of the times when you make these calls, you'll actually pick up on stuff that nobody knew inside the deal, and when you do this, it's not like oh, you missed that Sterling. That's what you would assume happens when I start to explain this to people, but that doesn't happen at all. It's it's, it's most of the time. How the heck could we have known that? And why did that guy not tell us that? And uh, it's usually the customer that's non-confrontational where you find the most amount of information. But, hey, if you find out it's exactly the way it was, it just gives you more confidence for the next day discussing that deal in the mega deal meeting. And sometimes the reason it's called a U-turn call is you will get them to turn right back around. They'll say, hey, this Sterling guy wouldn't let me buy the car without new wheels. And I pull Sterling up and I'm like, what is this guy talking about? Uh, oh, well, he asked about these wheels one time and I told him they were thousand dollars more and that was it. And that's a lot of the times where you will be able to turn deals around. Uh, Getting back to the TO, uh, the culture is huge. The culture aspect of this is is gigantic. And that goes back to really how you frame this inside your store and how your guys are working together. Uh, I, like I said, grew up in a store where, you know, they would basically, they made it pretty competitive, highly aggressive. Sterling, if you don't close this deal, I'm sending Phil out, he's going to get the whole thing. And that can work. Uh, a Lots kind of changed the you know, the younger generation that we're hiring, et cetera. Uh, I like better, not saying that can't work, not saying that that's wrong if you're doing that. But I do like it better if you've got more of a team effort going on where everybody kind of helps close each other's deals. Don't pull guys off of deals. This is the way that I handle it now. I'm not going to pull Sterling off of his deal. I'm going to say, hey, let me send Phil in for you. And then we all know that you know when Phil's doing his deal and Phil's getting caught up, I'm going to send Sterling in for Phil and we're all going to try to work together and try to help close each other's deals. And when you have that kind of culture developed and built and you do that over time, everybody starts trying to help each other. And I think that's the Best possible way. Second best possible way probably is the super cutthroat. Uh, I'm going to turn your ass. Uh, sorry for cursing. Don't usually do that on the podcast, but that's exactly what I used to be told when I was basically closing deals for the first time in my life. You know, uh, early 2000s, it was pretty cutthroat, and that's how, That's how we ran it. We we did a good job doing that, and we all got you know we all cut our teeth and got a little bit stronger doing it that way. So I'm not against that. Uh, But I do think your culture, the cohesive culture, people aren't stepping on each other. People aren't getting mad at each other. and You know, that 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 uber strength that develops out of everybody trying to help one another is huge. So I'm going to always lean towards the more uh, conscious approach of of building your culture out. And uh, I, I actually, as I'm saying, this would make a pretty strong argument for that over the old way with the old way. It's like a little close to my heart just because, you know, I grew up in that and it did, uh, it did develop me. So, all right, let's move on. Um, unless you got something else on that.
1: i was just going to add that uh, you mentioned the uh, U-turn call. And um, I think, you know, when I read that in the book, uh, that, that I looked at it as the ultimate TO and you know what I mean? Like you said, a second face, a third face, a fourth face, you really can't go too far with it. I mean, obviously if you end up in the 16th face, you're just holding them hostage, but you know what I'm saying? Like if you're going to get three or four people in front of them, that fourth person could be the U-turn call. And, uh, that was, that it might be when the customer spills their guts and then you learn something that you didn't know before. So maybe you get them in later that night, or you get them in the next day um, because more than likely, if it took that long for you to get all that information out, they're gonna run into those same barriers if they do end up making it someplace else. So that U-turn call is uh, pivotal and uh, just one of the many key things that I took away um, in, in the little bit of information that was in your book because there's some other stuff that uh, we'll talk about too, um, you know, later on.
0: Or, or uh,
1: you know, a lot of the
0: times, cause this happens a lot, If you're doing make a deal meetings in the morning and you're looking at the deals you didn't make the day before uh, the U-turn calls where you get the same exact information are just extra strength. Because if I'm looking at the deals we didn't make from yesterday and I don't have a U-turn call, I can only go off of what the customer told us, et cetera. Right. If I have the U-turn call and the customer told them the exact same thing that he told us, I know where we are in this deal, right? Like it's confirmed of what I already thought is in this deal. And when you talk about 13th, 14th, 15th phase, if you're doing that, it's really going about it the wrong way. You've got the wrong intentions at heart, right? Your, Your intentions are supposed to be essentially, obviously we're here to make a car deal, but we all know that what you really need to do is care about other people. This goes for exactly what I do, right? Like, obviously I want you to hire me, bringing you into my dealership and I want to train your people. But if that's all I care about, then what am I doing? What I'm really caring about is growing your people. So that by the same token, obviously you want to sell as many cars as possible, but what you need to do to sell as many cars as possible is actually care about the customer and actually care about the people involved in the deal. And if you actually care about the customer, what you're doing is you're trying to help them end the process that they came in looking to end, right? You're trying to help them find the solution. So if I'm coming at you with a second TO, a third TO, uh, I'm doing it from the intention of finding how I solve your problem for you, not sell you a car. Uh, you know, you're not going to end up on a 14th TO naturally. You're going to find out what's going on. Uh, but yeah, those, those U-turn calls are absolute, absolutely huge. You should probably do another show uh, strictly on the U-turn call, but i um, going into really my, uh, cause I've got, You know, I've got basically stuff I've written on the TO. I think I've got a chapter, small chapter in my book on the TO. I don't go over any of this culture stuff that's going to be for the second follow-up book because I'm really going to deep dive into culture. I did that on purpose. Um, But going into the uh, the points, um, really the first thing is going to be consistency, right? Uh, And the second thing is going to be an ordered process with expectations. And the third thing is going to be tracking it. That's really if you really want to get your get your TO process successful, you got to track it right. You've got to have an ordered process and the expectations of what's going to happen, and you've got to be consistent. Habits are formed in sixty six days, right? So anything that I teach uh, when I teach my finance pitch, when I teach anything, I mean, really, you need that you need to be doing the same thing for sixty six days. Uh, at a minimum. Really, it's get, you're going to start to see results from stuff that's implemented immediately, uh, sometimes depending on what it is. Uh, but your real results are going to come in that 90 to 120-day window when you're going to go, wow, we really implemented this process. It happens every single time. Everybody's on board. And it takes those 66 days of really beating it in and being consistent. So, Consistency is just absolutely huge, but consistency in what? To have consistency, you've got to have an order process expectations that this is going to happen. And to do that, you've got to track it. So having an ordered process of a TO, no matter how your sales process is set up, you've got to make it essentially look like, hey, when, this, when, when my closer gets this far, when my salesperson gets this far, uh, this is when I want so-and-so to go out. So if you have closers, you're going to send out another closer. Maybe you want your desk guy to get out of his chair. I'm actually against that. I want to make my uh, closers as strong as possible. I want to make the people that I'm relying on to close deals as strong as possible. And we can get into that whole arena of, you know, they're never going to get better. It's like kids, right? You know, you could have held an extra $500 on this deal, but you did the right thing, not holding the $500 if you let somebody learn. Right, because they're never gonna get better if you don't let them learn if you don't if you don't basically say you see your closers as uh and this is pretty typical, man, you see your closers i i, I asked this I asked this question quite a bit, like what is the skill level of of your guy's closing deals scale of one to ten I'll hear two and three I'll hear five and six I'll hear seven and eight I'll hear nine and ten great. Uh, but if I hear five and six, or I hear two and three or three and four, uh, immediately it's like, well, Hey, if you want to take your threes and fours to fives and sixes and your fives and sixes to sevens and eights, you got to be okay with them failing a little bit. You got to be okay with basically allowing them to fail on something you know, you could have done better, or they're never going to get better. Right. So that's, that's absolutely huge, but whatever it is, essentially having that consistency, um, ordered process, uh, and I guess I get into the perfect way that I think it should look. Obviously, if, you, if you've been around me, you know that I talk about having the product specialist system, having the closer system, having your desk managers, and it's essentially the old school line system. It's just the new age version of it. It's been around forever. But I've got guys that all they do all day long is close deals in between the desk and the customer. So their job is just to get beat up by the customer then get beat up by the desk, essentially. I mean, I don't know what other way to put it. That's really what it is. And then I've got guys that all they do is step one through five. They're very good at the meet and greet, the fact finding, the demo, and the sit down. Getting them to a table to negotiate. That's the first part of the sale. So if I've got that system set up the way that uh, it should be set up, then implementing the TO is easy. I'm going to take any other closer that I've got on deck that I've got available inside the showroom. Uh, when when my closer gets to a point where I see it's going it's going south, I don't think this deal is going to be made. Uh, I'm not going to wait till the end out of out of you know the goodness of my heart because I'm going to have that strong culture where this is going to be his deal, and I'm going to say, Hey Sterling, you go talk to this guy real quick, see if there's anything missing. Now a lot of the times when I do that, is it going to be a perfect scenario? No, I'm going to put Phil back in the deal, right? Because Sterling's not going to get anything out of the guy and I'm going to put Phil back in the deal. Maybe now even the customer feels a little bad for Phil. Good, right? So it's a win-win net, net positive. Uh, And then I'm going to have a third face and my third face is either going to be me. Maybe I've got my GM uh, who's uh, coming out,
1: whatever it is,
0: right? And I'm speaking as if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting at the sales desk is what I did just there, but Uh, That's the perfect TO system. And then tracking it, you absolutely need to have a desk log. The CRMs are an absolute mess. www.centraldesking.com. Start your free trial. I'll show you how to use it. The CRMs are a disaster. They're not going to allow you to do this properly. The daily desk from Central Desking fixes your CRM. And you can absolutely track your TO on a column just like you could on the old school paper desk log. Uh, so that's where you track it. That's where it's consistent. And that's where you've got your expectations uh, and your process laid out. That's my perfect process. And then <clears throat> if the customer does leave, I'm going to do a U-turn call. But the next day in my make-a-deal meeting, I'm going to be able to sit down and look at, hey, these four deals we didn't make. Let's say, it's a, let's say I'm a, 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 a 200-car store. Right. Uh, And it's a Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to come in Thursday morning. I'm going to look at the uh, the 10 deals we did and the 10 write ups, the 10 sit downs that we didn't do. And I'm going to see probably even if I've got this process in place, six or seven of them that actually got a second facer at T.O. So that's when you actually have this in place, you're getting about a 60 or 70% result when you're that consistent, unless you got a guy that's going to decide that he lied and put his initials in there, uh, which is very easy to pick up on and understand isn't happening, especially if you're doing those make a deal meetings because your closers are in them. Hey, did Phil or Sterling really talk to this guy, no, he didn't just put his initials there. That's nonsense. Uh, and that's where you really get this cohesive culture and, and, you know, you get all these other things that we're talking about, but why is it going to happen 60 to 70% of the time? Phil, that's not good enough. You're telling me this, that, and the other, and then you're saying it's only going to happen this much. Well, usually we already know there's five deals, six deals going on at once. And the rest of the time, the tumbleweeds are blowing, right? So, uh, that's why, but, uh, if you do have the process in place where, you know, it's mandated if you can, um, you know you're gonna you're gonna get it up there, and, and all those things make a huge impact on making as many deals as possible and getting to those. If, once you start tracking this, if you're not tracking it, uh, your closing rate is, is definitely going to be low. If you're not tracking it, if you are tracking it, uh, you're going to understand what your closing rate is. You start implementing these processes around it, you're going to watch your closing rate go up. Period. Simple. End of story. Uh, so that's pretty much what I got on the TO. You got anything to? to Uh, shut us down, Sterling?
1: No, you're a very kind man, Phil, and you always give more advice and information for free than I would if I were in your shoes. So uh, just giving you uh, courtesy, much respect for that. And uh, I'm all good with this episode. I I like what we talked about. It was good stuff.
0: Well, I appreciate that. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, everybody in the store is so busy. And that's why I do what I do. Because while I can sit here and talk Talk about this stuff. If you guys, if you want your guys to just all start doing it tomorrow, uh, it's probably not going to happen. I mean, you 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 need to bring me in. You need to have me come in, explain it, show it to them, get to know them is the biggest thing. Individual level too. No easel, no pen on a on an easel in a in a little room. My goodness, I can't tell you how many of those trains I went through that I get good things out of them. Yes, was anything you know drastically different a week later? no Uh, so you know that's uh you you still you still need me uh even if uh, i gave you everything that i'm gonna do so which i didn't but uh giving you most of it so you understand that it's no bs and uh, that's that's really how it works but i appreciate it sterling and uh this is gonna end episode 48 of dealer process secrets podcast and uh thank you man everybody thank you for listening and have a great night Good night. Dealer Yeah. Yeah, boy. Motorcycle sales, car sales, the finance office. Central Desking. We're here to talk about it. BDC, Central Desking, University. Alright, alright, let's get into it.